Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. grateful this evening for giving us the opportunity to come to your house of worship lord to hear you once again lord we are privileged for all the things that could have prevented us from coming here tonight lord you have made way for us we are grateful and thankful we ask of your spirit to minister to us we ask of god that you give us that ability to transform our hearts to fertile grounds hearts that can receive your word and be transformed we thank you lord in jesus name amen Amen. why don't you clap for jesus as you take your seats amen you may be seated what a blessing hallelujah On Monday, I was thinking of certain people's kitchen and how they are breaking and the commotion. Amen. Wonderful. I think it was a powerful time we had these few weeks of praying and casting out demons. And... There are certain things that have happened that have also confirmed to me that um, the prayers were powerful and effective. And I strongly believe that the world of darkness has been shaking. Amen. 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 And um, as we, um, you know, anytime you take it upon yourself to talk about demons, and to cast them out, they get very agitated. And demons never leave without putting up a fight. You know, and um, I have personally experienced a lot of trials and afflictions as we have been talking about these things. But um, I am also confident that what is in me is greater than what is in the world. What I've come to understand about demons is that they only try to bring you fear and see if it will make you stop doing what you are doing, you see. And that is their trick, but we will never waver. Amen. Amen. We will never waver. Um, um, it's, it's, It's amazing, you know, it's amazing just as you start talking about demons and the things that start happening. You know, and you so it confirms that um, yes. prayers are powerful, Amen. and we ought to pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that your lives have changed, yes. and spiritual things yes. you don't see them like that, but you will see the effect. Your lives have changed. Amen. Amen. Certain darkness have been removed from your life. Amen. Hallelujah! Wonderful. So uh, on our Tuesday, we will pause on the, um, talking about the demons. And um, we, uh, we will continue talking about them on our Sunday service. So don't, don't exclude yourself. But today, I want to talk to you about something else. Um, I want to talk to you about something else. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And um, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 5. No, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Hallelujah. I am going to talk to you about circumstances. Circumstances. And how to deal with your circumstances. Amen. Is it a good topic? Yeah. Circumstances how to deal with your circumstances. Uh, 
Um, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus has delivered us from darkness. He has saved us. And if you read the preceding scriptures, it tells you that for ye were sometimes in darkness. You were sometimes darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. And so walk as children of light. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to tell you some of the things we need to do some of the things that we don't need to do, it says, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things are reproved and made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. You need to be awake. You need to be alert. As a Christian, if you want to continue to walk as a Christian, if you want to serve God, you need to be awake. You need to be alert. Hallelujah. Because the world that we live in is not designed in any form or shape to help you serve God or to make you a Christian. There is nothing in the world that is designed any form to help you to become a good Christian. Hallelujah. You realize that even at workplaces, they give time, break time, and they call it like smoking time. They can give you a break time to go and smoke cigarettes, but they will not give you a break time to go and pray. Do you understand what? You see, so the world that we live in, the system is not designed to help anyone to live as a Christian. That is why you as a Christian ought to be awake. You ought to be alert. And you ought to be conscious of the fact that the world is not helping you to live as a Christian. In fact, if anything at all, the world system is designed to make you do the exact opposite. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is designed to make you not serve God. Because there is a God of this world who does not want you to serve God. And so everything that is in this world, you see, this world is a classic representation of Egypt. How that it was designed for them and things were made such that they would not have time or have a means of serving God. And even when you come up with wanting to serve God and doing more of God's work, there's so many things that the God of this world will bring your way such that you can do such things as serving God. Amen. That is why there's a scripture in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Let's read that. It says, And be not conformed to this world, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you have become a Christian, now you have to have a renewal of mind. Your mind has to be renewed. That means that the things that you knew about the world, the things that look normal in the world, that the world was expecting you to do, to live in this world, you have to have a renewal of mind. So it says, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and is perfect will of God. You have to analyze everything, the things that you, you understood before, the things that you knew before, the things which have brought you where you are until you met Christ. You need to reanalyze them, each one, to see if it is in the perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. 
First John chapter 4 and verse 5. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 5. If you have the NIV, let's read that from the NIV. 1 John 4 and 5. It says, it says, they are from the well, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the well. Do you see? People who are from the well, they speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. So you say, oh, I need a break time for cigarettes. The world will listen to you. They will give you time to smoke. They'll give you special break time. That 15 minutes, you can go out and stand out and smoke. But to say that I need 15 minutes to meditate on God, the world will not listen to you. In fact, they will think that something is wrong with you. They will, they will wonder if you need to be here. They have to. They will think that something is wrong with you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says that, he says, the world, he says, they are from the world. Everyone that is from the world, they speak from the viewpoint of the world. That is why they don't listen to you. But if you begin to speak from the viewpoint of the world, you will realize that everyone understands you. And they will conform to your request. Hallelujah. Circumstances. John chapter 15 and verse 19. John 15 verse 19. We can read from the NIV still. It's fine. It says, if you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Do you understand the scripture? That is why the world hates you because you do not belong to the world. And a Christian ought to be conscious of that. That I do not belong to the world. So the things of the world that are around you do not belong to you. And that you need to be conscious of it. If you are going to conform to the world and the world structure, and you are going to let the world structure dictate for you and to define for you how you should serve God and what you should do for God, my brother, my sister, you will not serve God. You will not do anything for God. If you are going to wait, if you are going to wait and say, let my, my, my work schedule dictate for me how I should serve God, whether I can come to work or I cannot come to, I can come to church or I cannot come to church, you will not serve God. You will not serve God. If you are going to let the, your, your work schedule dictate for you how you should pray, you will not pray. You, and you will find good reasons why you should not pray. That is why I'm, if you are going to let the well structure define for you how you should serve God, then you are not going to serve God. You are not going to serve God. So he says, you are not of this world. You do not belong to this world. So be, have a renewal of mind. Change your mind about work. Change your mind about school. Change your mind about everything in order for you not to be in this world and belong to this world. He says, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. This world should not dictate for you how you should serve God. And so sometimes people, are, people, people don't understand. They are angry. Oh, instead of finding a job and working full time and doing this, you, are, you say, church, 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 you are doing. You see, that is a well system. They hate you for even doing that. They hate you for doing that. You see, they don't understand. It's, you need to work. You, need to, you, need to, you have to work. You have to pay your rent. You have to pay for your car loan. You have to pay for your school loan. You need to work. If you're not going to work, you're not going. You see, they don't understand. But you see, they are of the world. They are of the world. And so it makes sense to them to speak to you like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I'm talking to you tonight about circumstances. Look, anyone, anyone who has taken his walk with God very seriously. 
Anyone who has taken his work with God to a, a certain level always will have to overcome the things of this world. You will always have to rise up above what the world dictates. You're going to have to rise up above tiredness. The world dictates that after you have worked for eight hours, you need to rest and have a mind, a clear mind to come again the next day so you can work properly. You see, that is what the world dictates. And anyone who wants to take his walk with God seriously, you cannot do that. Anyone who has taken his walk with God seriously, you'll find out that, you know, friends and family members complain about you. It's too much. Ah, are you not tired? How long do you have to stay in a church? Do you have many times a week? Do you have to? You see, it's just too much for them. They don't understand you. Because you are not of the world. And so they are in the world. And when they look at the world system, what you are doing makes no sense. It's too much. It's too much. You have taken the church. Are you the only one? Are you the only one who wants to go to heaven? We are all Christians. Eh? We are all Christians. Have you not heard that before? You see, you see, and even you are not even a shepherd, but they call you Osofo, Osofo Mame, and all sorts of because you, you, you have taken your walk with God as it should be. And the reason why they are seeing you like that is they are in the world. They are in the world. They are still in the world. And they say they are also Christians. But they are in the world. That is why they call you Osofo and Osofo Mame and all those things. Yeah. Amen. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you this, uh, this evening? Yes. So they don't understand. People don't understand because they are in the world. And if you are also going to conform to them, you see, that's why it says, do not conform to the world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let your mind be renewed about how they think. Let your mind be renewed about how they see things. Let your mind be renewed about how they perceive tiredness and rest and sleep and how many hours and fasting and eating and spending time with the Lord. You've got to have a renewal of mind. Ephesians chapter 5 again and verse 15. So verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, circumspect, circumspect, the word circumspect is sort of similar. It has a similar prefix from the word circumstance. They all have the same prefix, circum, circumstance. So, circumspect means to be watchful, to be discreet, to be cautious, or to be prudent, or have prudent behavior. Have a cautious behavior, a discreet behavior, a watchful behavior, or prudent behavior circumspect. Hallelujah. The synonym is vigilant. Be attentive. Do you remember the scripture that says be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, you see, now we are not talking about the devil. We are talking about your circumstances. And the same thing, it says be circumspectful. Means be vigilant. Be attentive. Second, the word second, or the prefix second, means around or round. As in 
circle, round, completely. This is as in circumference. Are you learning something this evening? As in circumference. So around, circum, or circle, or completely. Do you see? All around you, not overlooking anything. All your surroundings. And stance, you see, as in circumstance, stance is stem from the word standing or position. Stance. So circumstance will mean things that are positioned around you or things that are surrounding you or things that encircle you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So that is circumstance. Things that are positioned or standing around you. Now circumspect. Circumspect is also you see the word inspect from the, I mean, the, the word circumspect. Circumspect combines the word circum and inspect. Do you see? So inspect all the things that are around you. <laughs> I, some of you look confused. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Hallelujah. Noel, do you understand what I'm saying? Salome, are you with me? Powerful. Yes. So circumspect means inspecting the things around you or being watchful of the things around you or being attentive, attentive to the things that are around you. Hallelujah. So things that are around you are your circumstances. Jeffrey, do you understand? The things that are around us are our circumstances. Now, let me give you the dictionary definition of circumstances. Circumstances means a condition, detail, part, or attribute with respect to time, place, management, etc., that accompanies or determines or modifies a fact or event. A modifying or influencing factor. So an example as was used in a sentence is, do not judge his behavior without considering every circumstance. Do you see? That means consider everything that is around the person and then make a judgment. So do you understand why it's important to be conscious of our circumstances or about the things that are around us? Because they will be considered to make a judgment. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Circumstances now must be differentiated from demons. You see, as we are sharing about demons, you are not supposed to attribute everything to demons. Sometimes I can see the demons saying, as for this one, it's not me. You are crossing the street and you say, I'm a believer, so I'm just going, and then a car comes and knocks, you say, it's a demon. Oh, that's not a demon. <laughs> the light says, do not walk. And you are walking, and the car hits you. You can't blame demons. Sometimes we blame demons. You see, the demons, they like themselves. Sometimes, everything, we blame them. Sometimes, <laughs> things are not them. Amen. So as we are sharing about demons, we, we are not intending that you will be irresponsible. It's not intended that don't be, don't, do not be responsible for your behavior. 
Amen. So circumstances must be differentiated from demons. Circumstances are not demons. But you see, circumstances can have similar effects like demons. Do you understand? Circumstances can have similar effects like demons. That means they also can have the ability or the capability to prevent you from doing the things of God or from serving God. And that is what demons do. Demons do everything they can that you do not please God or you do not serve God. Hallelujah. So that is why the Bible, as we are reading in Ephesians chapter 5, as you have been delivered from demons, as you have been delivered from the world of darkness into light now, it says now be circumspectful. That means now inspect your circumstances. Do not also overlook your circumstances. Be wise. Do not walk as fools. That we are delivered from demons, so now we are just free. We are walking. Your circumstances are also there for you to deal with. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you tonight? Yes. Your circumstances also ought to be considered. Hallelujah. Because you can equally be overpowered or you can be overcome by your circumstances just as you can be overcome by demons. Do you understand what I'm sharing? Your circumstances can overwhelm you. It can engulf you so much so that you cannot serve God if you are not conscious of them. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you see, because the circumstances are not demons and they appear to be reasonable, you readily accept them. Do you understand? You readily accept, this is my situation. Reverend, the thing, I would have come. You know, it's my work. You see? And you readily accept them, not knowing that it's even now preventing you from serving God. It is standing in your way of serving God. And it's not a demon. It's a circumstance. Hallelujah. It's a circumstance that you. So the Bible says, it says, be, it says, see, see then, see then, this point, at this point, as you are delivered from darkness, see then that ye walk circumspectly, inspecting your circumstances, and not as fools, but as wise. See then, you walk circumspectly. Hallelujah. Because we tend to embrace our circumstances so readily. We tend to accept our circumstances. We tend to feel that it is normal. It is okay. It ought to be so. I would have done it if it wasn't for this. And we embrace it readily. But regardless of what it is, regardless of how reasonable you see it, it is preventing you from serving God. And you were not designed to be like that. That you should not serve God. That is why it says, walk as wise and not as fools. Walk as wise and not as fools. And sometimes even advice. Sometimes people can advise you. And it makes your circumstances look so reasonable. That it is true. I think I need to. Do that. I think I have to have an extra job. I think I have to work some more hours. I think I have to do it. I think I have to work overtime. I think I have to do this. I think I should cut the church. I think I should stop this church thing and start working some, doing some other things. I think I should stop the rehearsals after church. At least I've done my two hours of service. Let me just go quickly to work. Stop singing in the choir. This Sunday choir rehearsals, I think I can make money instead. <laughs> I think that alone can buy my lunch for the week. You see? And it sounds, I will not be borrowing. It sounds reasonable. 
I think it would be reasonable to just pick up the people that are on my way as I'm coming to church. I would just, instead of just going all around picking this, it's too much gas. Maybe if I can only pick the people that are on my way, is it not reasonable? Because the people also, they don't buy their gas to even. It will not even come, come Christmas time and then you say, all of us who get right from this brother, let's buy some gift card for gas, gas station gift card. Let's buy some gift card. Oh, brother, we can imagine the time that the gas price was $4 and change, $5, and you were still picking us up every day, picking us up. Here is a gift card. Brother, we can't afford to buy you much, but at least for all of us, this is what we have come up with, a gift card. Somebody volunteers his car, to drive you long distance for camp meetings. Don't you know that his brakes will wear off? His ties are wearing off. All the, you, see, you have to be wise. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not, be Christians. Christians should be Christians. I mean, sometimes Christians are not Christians at all. Oh. You know, I tell you, even unbelievers at work, they will do a thing like this, as I'm saying. But Christians, they want everything for free. Every, oh, Christian brother. Oh, it's my Christian brother. So, it's my Christian brother. It's not nice. It's not nice. He will understand. That is the thing. Oh, Christian brother. Oh, he will understand. As you have dressed, you have dressed now, you are waiting, the bus is coming. You can get on the bus, but, oh, Christian brother, she come and pick me up. Otherwise, I'm not going to church. Shame on you. <laughs> it's not you, it's not you, but tell the next person, shame on you. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, Christians take advantage of things too much. Sometimes you see somebody, somebody come, somebody, you live in Ohio, you take the bus and trains everywhere. You just come to New York the weekend. You come to a Sunday. You are coming here Friday for a funeral. And so it will, Sunday will catch you here. You want to come to church. Uh, Reverend, I, I, I'm from Lighthouse from Ohio. And I am here. I want to come to church. Can somebody give me a ride? Who gave you a ride to the funeral? Why don't you take a cab? Who? Why? you came and you went for the funeral did somebody give you a ride to the funeral because you want to come to church come to church all oh, right um is this reverend bright oh um my name is uh, i came from ohio i came from chicago and um I, I, I am here for the weekend. I want to come to church. Uh, can somebody give me a ride to church? Can somebody pick me up? You see, that's, can somebody pick me up to church? Because it's a church. I say Christians are very unreasonable sometimes. But we see, we want you to come to church. So we will come and pick you up. But be wise. My church members, when you go to other states, find your way to church. Take your walk with God seriously. It's not a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Beatrice, next time you are in Maryland, don't let somebody come and follow you. Enter right to drive in front of your car 
to go to the church. Oh, I don't know how to get to the church. Use your GPS to come to the church. Why is Ahmed, huh? Yeah, you and your family, we will find out. We will drive and we'll find a place and we'll get there. Oh, sometimes people come, oh, you want the church address? Eh, but um, can somebody, um, <laughs> you want, now you want, you have your car, but you want a driver to come and drive in front of you to bring you to the church. And it's because you are coming to church. They invited you to a wedding. You found your way to the wedding. Nobody gave you a right to the wedding. But because it's the church, we have to give you a ride. We have to give you, we have to put a GPS and read it to you. Otherwise, you will not come to church. It's not a good thing. I understand if someone, you know, you are not from this country, you don't live here, and you have come from Ghana, or you have come from Jamaica, you have come from another place, you don't even know about train system, bus system, you, are, you don't know the American system, but you are from Boston, and you come to New York, and you take train to work every day. Meanwhile, you are not just coming to church, you came to a funeral, and you were able to go to the funeral. It's not a good thing, but my church members will not do that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, anyway, so your circumstances. We easily embrace our circumstances. We easily welcome our circumstances. And we attribute a lot of importance to our circumstances. But you see, there are, others, there are so many other people also who genuinely want to serve God. But their circumstances stand in their way. Do you see? They genuinely want to serve. How many of you feel like that? Sometimes you want to do a lot of things for God, but you feel that there are certain circumstances that prevent you from doing certain things for God. Yeah. It limits you. So I want to give, I, I want to give you some categories of some of the circumstances that we encounter, and then we will deal with them. But I believe by the grace of God, after we finish with, I'm going to preach to you for a couple of weeks and after we are done with this, your circumstances will not stand in your way anymore in serving God. So number one, the first circumstance that we, is number one is circumstances of school or academic work. Circumstances of school or academic work. Circumstances of school or academic work. Number two, circumstances of work, career, or business. Circumstances of work, career, or business. Number three, domestic circumstances. Domestic circumstances. Domestic circumstances, such as marriage, children, homemaking, cooking, domestic circumstances, relationships, beloved, domestic circumstances. And then the fourth one, circumstances of extended family, circumstances of extended family. This does not include your immediate family. That comes in a domestic circumstance, but circumstances of extended family. And the fifth one, personal circumstances. Your personal circumstances. Your own personal issues. How many have personal issues? Yes. Personal issues. Personal circumstances. And the sixth one, special and unusual circumstances. Special and unusual circumstances. Special and unusual circumstances. How many do you have? Okay, so number one, what is number one? Circumstances of school or academic work. How many of you have school and academic work circumstances? 
you have circumstances, you have to deal with school and academic work. You have to deal with homework. What are some of the circumstances associated with school? Homework. You have to do your homework. Project work. Assignments. Research. You have to do research. You have to go and sit in the library and search. Research. What else? Writing papers. You write and then you give it to someone to read and the person says, oh, I don't think this is... And then you have to write the whole thing again. Sometimes you have to stand up, stay up all night because it is due and you thought you were finished, but you gave it to somebody to read and the person condemns the whole thing that you wrote and you have to write it again. What are the circumstances with academic work? Exams. Hey! Exams. You have to study. We'll come to that. So circumstances, you, you have to study for the exams. And you are sitting here in church and you have exams tomorrow. Do you see? So you will have good reason not to come to church tonight. What other experience, circumstances with academic or uh, school work? Going to lectures. You have to sit in the lecture. Sometimes night lectures. You have to go for night lectures. Isn't that so? Yeah. <laughs> Weekends, you have to go to school. Some, even some schools, clinicals, clinical. Isn't that so? The nurses, clinicals. Sometimes they even want you to come for Sunday clinicals. Academic work. Come and do your, you miss something, come and make it up on Sunday. You miss one day, make it up on Sunday. You are going for a camp, they say, we have exam, and the time that you are going to a camp. Can I take my exam when I come up? It's up to you. If you go, it's a fail. It's F. Whether you do it or you get, you get an F. Such circumstances. Amen. The day that you have, the only class that you can take is on a Tuesday evening. The class that you need, the only day that, the whole of the week, the only time and day that you can take it is 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Can you understand it? <laughs> 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. That is the only class. The whole year. That's the only class. And you need that class to graduate. Mercy. And you want to serve God. I want to be at the weekday service. And I have to take this class. What's the second one? The second one. Domestic circumstances. Circumstances of work. Oh! Circumstances of work, career, or business. You have to, they say you have to come to work. You have to work every other weekend. Every other weekend you have to work. That means skip church every other weekend. You find yourself negotiating every weekend. Can you work for me and work? Can you switch with me? Can every weekend you are negotiating? How many have that circumstances? I do. I do. Even the pastor. <laughs> Even the pastor. You see? Even the pastor. Every other weekend, you have to work. Whether you like it or not. Circumstances of business, your business. You see, you can't start your own business because most of the people will come to the business on Sunday. So you can't start your business. You say you want to start uh, African markets. <laughs> I want to have an African market. But my African market, I open Monday to Friday, Tuesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. is closed. 
Sunday, all day, because I'm a chorister, I don't open on Sunday. And, or you let somebody, if you let somebody see that, that means the person cannot go to church. So you say, I close it. Amen. Isn't that, is, I, I mean, can you, can you understand what I'm sharing with you? Circumstances standing in your way to serve God. Career, business, circumstances. You are at work and there's, the prayer line is going on. And then you say, oh, let me go on a prayer line as we are working. You know, let me go on a prayer line. The time that, you see, nobody is bothering you. They are not asking for anything. The nurses are chatting. They are doing their things. And you say, oh, it is quiet. Let me just go on the prayer line at this time. Ah, we need an order for Tylenol. We need an order. Oh, this patient is moving. This patient is biting the nails. Can you come and see this patient? Can you come? Hey! Circumstances. Sometimes the demon can also attack <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> because sometimes I wonder, you're sitting there, there's nothing happening, everything is quiet, and then you look at the time, oh, you go to the call room, and then as if they are watching you. <laughs> you get to the call room, you take your phone, <laughs> they call you. I said, these people, God will get you, you see. <laughs> Amen. Circumstances of work. The third one, what is it? Domestic, domestic circumstances. How many have domestic circumstances? Hey. <laughs> domestic circumstances. <laughs> Some, uh, now, I, even we are number three. How many of you have number one, two, and three already together combined? You have one, two, and three combined. You are a student, you are working, and you are a wife. You are a mother. Hey, it's not easy. You think you are finished with everything and you have a little time for yourself to pray. And the moment you make your mind to pray something, they're calling you. <laughs> Circumstances. Circumstances. Amen. If you, are, if you are a serious Christian and you are married to an unbeliever, too bad for you. Hey! Too bad for you. Amen. Circumstances. You want to serve God. You want to do things for God. You are, with your, you, you are at work. You, are, you have come to church. Church is over. You know you have choir rehearsal. You have shepherd's meeting. You have this. Somebody is also at home waiting for their banku. Come and make my, my banku stew. Come and make my okra stew. And then every minute they are Are you still in church? Are you married to the pastor? And then they will tell you, the pastor, when he finished, he went to eat. Eh? I have to eat. Circumstances. Standing your way. Amen. Circumstances. Some of you also, beloved relationships. Beloved You feel that, you know, I have to have time to talk to him. I have to have time to chat with him. You are on the phone talking, 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 talking. And then by the time you realize 2 a.m. And it's Saturday night. So they say the choir is meeting on a prayer line at 6 a.m. to pray. You have spent all your night chatting with your beloved. Because if you don't talk with him, he will leave you. 
Because he's complaining that you don't have time for me. You don't have time for me. You don't spend time with me. You don't have time for me. Everything is church, 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 church. When are we going to have time for ourselves? We have come to church small. Let's go home. Circumstances. Amen. Circumstances. The next one. What is the next one? Circumstances of extended family. (laughs) Circumstances of extended family. Circumstances of extended family. Hey, where are you going? Oh, we are. We have um, choir rehearsals. Ah, Uofa. <laughs> Your uncle from Ohio has come. Eh? We are uncle from, and we are all meeting with him. Why? Oh, one day if you don't go to church, what will happen? <laughs> Extended family, uncle from Ohio. So what? They said, um, uh, uncle from, uh, he's coming. He's, we are all going to meet him at the airport. Come, let us go. It's not nice. Every time we gather, you alone, you don't come. Every time you alone. Every time they are asking of you. I said, where's your daughter? Where's your son? Every time we gather, uh, but is she not part of the family? Why is she exa- why is it because she grew up here? Why is it because she has lived here for a long time? Why? Every time we gather, we can't find her. And then they ask, even how is she going to get married if she's not coming? <laughs> Circumstances. Extended family. Circumstances. This person has arrived. We need you to go and meet the person. This person, can you cook and bring to this person? He said, oh, Saturday night, I have, to pre- I have to prepare for church. Can you cook and bring this? Can you do this? We are having this. Circumstance, we are having a naming ceremony for this person. We are having a, an adoring for people that you do not know. You don't know them. You are in a church. Uh-huh. If it was a church that asked you, you would have done it. That is the excuse. That is the thing. <laughs> you see, you will not do it. Everything we ask you, you won't do it. If it was a church, you would have done it. Extended family. Preventing you from serving God. Extended family. Extended family. You know, this extended person is having a wedding. By all means, you have to come. You have to come. You have to come. And you have not seen this person from any... You don't know this person. But you have to come. Extended family. They have a funeral and they send you 18th Street. Go and look for handkerchiefs. Go and look for flowers. Go and buy this. Go and buy this. Go and buy that. Hey! Tuesday evening, I have to go to church. Ah, go and buy this. We are going. Go and look for this. Go and they are sending you everywhere. Key holders, go and buy key holders. <laughs> Mercy, go and buy scarf. And then you go and roam and roam. You can't find it. Call your aunt at Brooklyn. She knows where it is. Oh, standing in your way just to serve God. Huh? A standard family, circumstances. Hallelujah. How many also has personal issues? Your own personal circumstances. Your own personal issues. Sometimes that one you can't even share with anyone. But they are standing in your way. Personal issues. Personal, personal circumstances. Sometimes they ask you, oh, why are you not joining the choir? Hmm. Hmm. You, you, you give me some time. They don't know your personal issues. Oh, sister, I've never heard you on the prayer line. Hmm. 
I come over, but sometimes <laughs> personal issues, personal issues, personal issues. You have your own personal issues. Sometimes personal issues that you can't even voice out. And they prevent you from serving God. They stand in your way from serving God. Amen. And there are other special and unusual circumstances that we will talk about. Amen. But you see, the thing about circumstances is that there are only two ways with them. Either you overcome them or they overcome you. Hallelujah. Either you overcome them or they overcome you. Amen. Now, things that everyone needs to do with their circumstances. Mercy. Our time is over. Okay. Things everyone needs to do with their circumstances. You know, our time is up. And um, we will pause here. We will pause here and then um, we will begin to talk about the things that we need to do to our circumstances, the things that everyone, every Christian needs to do. I tell you, by the time we are done with this, your circumstances will not stand in the way of serving God. Hallelujah. Would you come next week? Wonderful. Wonderful. Powerful. Stand onto your feet and let us end here. We will continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, circumstances. The things that appear so reasonable. The things that appear so right. The things that we feel obliged that we need to do. But they stand in our way of serving God. But he says, be circumspectful. Be Walk circumspectly. He says, do not walk as fools, but walk as wise. Walking circumspectly. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Not as fools, but as wise. As you are delivered, as you have been delivered from darkness into light, there are things also that stand in your way. There are things that stand around you that prevent you from serving God. That stand in your way of serving God. They are the circumstances. They are the things that stand in your way. Yes. Control of every situation that has my mind there is a will and a desire. But there are circumstances that stand in our way. There are things that surround us. There are things that are in our way. my Lord. Let your Holy Spirit come and stand in our way. Control marriage of
of the Holy Spirit. Let your living let your living waters flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take Let your Holy Spirit take control. Father, we are thankful and grateful, O oh God, for bringing our circumstances to our attention. Lord, you say, as we are delivered, as you have separated us from this world, as you have taken us out of this world, as we have moved from the world of darkness into your marvelous light, Lord, you say, now see then that ye walk circumspectly. That we walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. I pray, O oh God, that you help us to walk circumspectly. Lord, help us to be conscious of our circumstances. To be vigilant of our circumstances. To be attentive to our circumstances. The things that stand in our way of serving you. The things that we have so readily embraced that prevent us all the same from serving you. Lord, we say we should be conscious of these things and we should inspect them and we should look at them and be attentive to them. Father, we unload all these circumstances unto you. Father, we unload all of our needs unto you. We say our Father in heaven knows that we have need of these things. You say you know and you are aware that we have need of these things. But you say that we should seek you first and your kingdom. And all the other things will be added unto you. Lord, not the rivers. We are not seeking the other things first. And then find your kingdom. But you say that we should seek your kingdom first. Lord, there are circumstances that make us seek the other things first. There are challenges. There are other things that come our way that make us seek the other things first. But Lord, deliver us from these things and help us to place you first. Help us to make you the number one. Help us to make you the proton that we will seek your kingdom first. For we are confident that all the other things shall be added unto us. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here tonight, you have not given your life to Jesus. You are not born again. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. With all eyes closed and every head bowed. You are here tonight. You want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Wherever you are, I just want you to just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Maybe you used to have a strong walk with God. You used to be on fire for God. But circumstances have made it such that you feel very far away from God. Tonight you want to say, I laid down my circumstances. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to take my Savior once again and walk with him. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to receive salvation again. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I feel very far from you. I have sinned. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again. On the third day. Lord Jesus, let the blood wash me. Let the blood cleanse me. Let the blood purify me. Lord Jesus, tonight I welcome you 
into my life. Come and live in me. Take control of my life. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my savior. I will serve you from this day. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for serving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. You are clapping. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.